everybody working on? What are your projects you got going on while we're waiting on people to jump in? Um, I just, uh, my current project is I just ordered myself finally some new fetch shark goggles. Nice. The Which 2021. Ones ones. Nice. I got a seven inch uh, going long range, actually two. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, learning on now. So getting oh. calibrated. So <laughs> you know, you know. A there lot you like go. beta flight, but a lot's not like beta flight. So and yeah, I'm also for sure. working on um a uh, a tracker. Oh what? A tracker. Oh, okay. Like an antenna tracker trip. or Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Cool. Have you have, have you seen have you looked at anything that Pavel does? Guy pa, uh, Spikowski. Yeah, Pavel. I've watched uh, his stuff he, once he in a while. Okay, well, you know he he does a lot of the uh, programming for INAV. Yeah, he was our yep. pilot basically. Um, he has got some really good stuff on there, but he's just posted a video here not too long ago about a tracker that looks pretty reasonable and uh, uh, in cost and very uh, capable. Nice. Yeah, but you have to put the components together, and then I got to find somebody that could. Hey, anybody there? 3D print? <laughs> I do. He had to, he had to, he What's had that in the background print. there? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There. Uh, oh, yeah, there is. Uh, anyway, that looks interesting and reasonable enough for a guy on uh, fixing the build. So, anyway, that's what I'm doing. Cool. Oh, I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> No, you're good. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, let me do all this screen sharing stuff real quick. There's the live button. All right, so um, good evening. Uh, Looks like it's just going to be Dan and I this evening. So um, welcome to everybody who's joining us. Uh, Dave's got some family stuff, I believe, going on. And Alex is an unknown. So hopefully uh, he's doing okay. He's got a lot going on at all times. Um, so uh, hopefully he's doing okay. Video froze. Oh, there we go. You're back. Okay. Just yeah. Make sure everything's my, good. My internet connection decided to totally just crap out as soon as you started talking. <laughs> uh, am so I there? This, now I'm fully this back. Will, there we go. All right. So uh, basically, they'll set aside a segmented space for uh, UAS to operate within. Um, and like I said, again, this is probably going to be um, more for uh commercial um uas and uh, i know that they have talked about both this size side of the spectrum as well as the low side closer to to one gigahertz and the 960 to uh 1.164 but they don't want to utilize that um there were some concerns with uh using the l band for that so um there is a report later in the link. I'll give it a look-see. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything major as we're usually using um, amateur access uh, for the bands uh, or for our um, video at 5.8 gigahertz. So um, this isn't going to be a huge deal, I don't think, but more for command and control for um, commercial-type flights. So 
There was that. Um, uh, Colorado is currently getting pretty serious uh, regarding their um, flying around uh, wildlife. Um, they have uh, put in place some pretty stiff penalties as well as some pretty broad uh, categorization for what constitute harassing constitutes harassing wildlife. So um, even if it's an innocent and well-attended flight, um, Colorado's now urge drone flights that end up adversely affecting animals and natural surroundings violate wildlife harassment laws. Um, and the definition that they're utilizing is causing any change in the behavior of the wildlife. So if the animal runs, if it changes directions, if it stops eating, that's considered harassment. Any change in the animal is considered harassment and it's illegal. Um, this is, uh, a lot of uh, places around the, the globe are kind of taking this stance. Um, and the fines can run anywhere from $70 up to $125,000 um, if the infraction is due to ignorance or willful pursuit of animals. Um, and they're saying in Colorado, uh, they seized the equipment to see what video they had to prove the behavior. Um, if we proved it, we might elect to request that it's forfeited as a public nuisance, which means you they will take your equipment wow. and you will not get it back. Um, they basically deem it you don't know how to use it and you don't deserve to possess it. <laughs> so that's pretty uh, pretty stringent as well as the the heavy fine. Um, so don't the, don't feed squirrels in the park popcorn from your drone. Yeah, that'd probably be a bad idea. Um. It also says that uh, in used in conjunction with hunting, it's absolutely illegal. So if you use a drone to spot for an animal um, or if uh, the animal has been uh, shot and is running and you use it to identify where it's gone um, or even to locate a downed animal, it's all considered illegal and it's illegal taking of that hunting, whether you have a license. Yeah, I definitely uh, have, you have seen a license. people uh, post questions on both reddit and facebook saying oh what's the best drone to spot animals or to help for hunting and usually the comments yeah. are i think that's illegal buddy absolutely absolutely and you know i'd like to i've seen a lot of people use it for fishing as well and i'd i'd like to figure out if that's considered in the same vein as as hunting um but uh yeah it's pretty interesting that um they are utilizing uh, this approach. So um, also keep in mind that the rules are different in different places. So, um, you know, in Colorado, it may be one thing. In Arizona, it may be another. In, in you know, uh, Oklahoma, it may be completely different. So, um, well, I, I get where you're coming from, TextJet, but at the same time, a lot of people are saying any type of drone use in conjunction with hunting is going to be considered illegal. So, um, as well as creating a nuisance to the wildlife that you're running across in between, you know, so, you know, I don't want anybody getting fined for anything, obviously. Um, it's nothing against hunting. I have absolutely nothing against, um, legal hunting, but, um, and it's, uh, pretty interesting. So just a little, the more, you know, kind of scenario. Um, we were talking about this, I believe at the last town me pause for a second while I post that and catch up on you know, Red J and Text Jet are commenting here. 
All right. Well, they're typing. Seems like they're typing a lot. Um. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Google. Uh, we talked about how DHL uh, last last meeting, DHL and um, Amazon, Amazon Prime Air have kind of spooled down. Uh, DHL has gone so far as to completely uh, stop all uh, innovation um, with their drone delivery projects, um, and Amazon Prime had pretty much. Uh, laid off just about everybody in their um uk um amazon air or prime air um uh offices and while they still have uh, projects going in the u.s as of right now that we're kind of on a wait and see for that but google google wing um now owns the largest residential drone delivery service in the world and they have been running this out of uh, queensland australia um, and they will complete um, 100,000 deliveries um, by this weekend. So they have done, since the beginning of the program, 100,000 deliveries. Um, they grew 500% last year. Um, they have delivered, this is kind of funny, 10,000 cups of coffee, 2,700 sushi rolls, um, 1,000 loaves of bread, and... 1200 hot chooks which is basically a roasted chicken apparently so i've learned something new <laughs> you had to, hot had to search that i wouldn't know what that was i'm gonna i'm gonna next time i go to walmart i'm gonna go get a hot chook <laughs> <laughs> so um just walk in there where are your chooks at <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, the looks you'll get. Um, so uh, the drone, as you can tell from the picture, is kind of a hybrid uh, um, multi-rotor slash fixed wing. So it uses the uh, um, uh, vertical facing engines to to hover, and um, and then uh, once in flight, it uh, switches to a fixed wing mode for efficiency, which absolutely makes sense. Um, so they can carry up to. Uh, 1.2 kilograms or three pounds um, deliver within a six mile radius with the delivery in under six minutes. Um, so um, 90% of last mile deliveries are under five pounds uh, generally. So it makes sense to utilize this. Um, the drones don't actually land. They descend to about seven meters and then uh, release the package automatically. So um It'll be interesting to see how uh, carrying this out, uh, if they, they're expanding into the United States uh, shortly, so it'll be interesting to see um, how this works out. Now, in Australia, I, I see this making sense, and like we've talked about before, um, you know, in rural areas or in areas where it's not massively populated, this makes sense, but trying to do this to somebody in, like, an apartment high rise or something like that absolutely is going to be a, a no-go in fact it's much more efficient to deliver things by vehicle or you know courier or anything like that so um but uh yeah there so uh this is super fun so um y'all have probably seen this in news it's been on facebook a lot um yep. so some police officers crashed a drone into an airplane um and this was a, a cessna uh 172 
Um, a student pilot and a flight instructor um, were flying, uh, coming in for a landing, and they had a midair uh, collision with a police-operated drone. Um, and this happened in Toronto, Ontario. Um, the student instructor on board the aircraft set up for landing and were in a stable approach when, as noted by the recent Civil Aviation Daily Occurrence Reporting System, wow, that's a mouthful, <laughs> Um, the two felt a jolt that pushed them back in their seats. The pilot thought that they perhaps hit a bird and were able to continue their landing. Um, there was a large dent, um, and hours later, um, the York Regional Police confirmed that they hadn't hit a bird, but a DJI Matrice 210. That's an expensive hit. Okay. Um, that's a several thousand dollar drone. And it's not a small one. No, it sure isn't. Um, so the pilots say that the collision happened, uh, one nautical mile away from the airport at about 500 feet. Um, according to Transport Canada, drones cannot fly within three nautical miles of an airport or above 400 feet without having special authorization. Like, um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so let's see. They did talk about, let's see. So it did damage the engine cowling, uh, but it may go beyond that. Um, report notes that the aircraft suffered a propeller strike in the collision and a bent airbox. Um, they'll have to do a complete engine teardown for an, for an inspection for additional damage. Um, and then they did post a link to the flawed <laughs> uh, um, drone impact survey from Dayton University or Dayton Research Institute. So um, we won't even go into that, but uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty bad hit, it seems like. Yeah, the one thing that I find somewhat interesting about this one is we've been hearing for years, um, like worst case scenarios, like, oh, well, you know, that wasn't a big deal because it just hit the wing. It didn't hit a propeller or that didn't hit a plane on approach or that didn't hit, wasn't a, a big enough drone. And in this case, it was a huge drone it hit mm-hmm. the propeller. It was while they were landing. I guess like they were even like a student pilot. Storm almost, right? Like, yeah, it's like all of the things that people have been saying, oh, what if, what if, what if? And yet, I mean, yes, it, it was Aircraft damaged. landed it wasn't, safely. wasn't good, but, you know, the plane was able Everybody to Everybody walked land. away. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting. There was another... Um, and I didn't bring the news article with me for this one, but there was another um, plane strike. Uh, it seems seems as a, a a drone strike, a midair collision with a uh, full size jetliner, and I forget where, um, but it was at something like fifteen thousand feet. And while I don't discount the fifteen thousand feet because everybody knows that we're, we're capable of it. Um, but that seems really high for anybody to be flying. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's pretty boring but, out there. Yeah, and they turned around and landed, and everything was fine. So it's just, um, I don't know. Um, seems kind of off. So this uh, I thought was pretty cool. Um, whether you're a Dallas Cowboys fan or not. Um drop this uh sorry i wonder if the police arrested the pilot for hitting the drone yeah tech that would be hilarious you know just you know police arresting themselves um 
And again, yeah, what are the odds of hitting a drone at 15,000 feet? I would agree with that. It's extremely unlikely. Um, but it's There's a lot of space up there, and for you know that small of an object to hit, I mean, that relatively small of an object in the airspace, it's, you know, got to be very low. Yeah, I agree with Dan. So, again, whether you're um, a da uh, Dallas Cowboys fan or not, uh, this is a really cool video, um, and I will go ahead and play it here. Um, Frisco, Texas. The place the Cowboys call home. Yeah, that looks like FPV. Yeah, I actually got a fun fun little fact about this. So it took them 15 takes to get this right, and they had to hurry up and do it because I guess there was a boxing match at the facility um, when they were shooting this that was about to start. So they couldn't obviously do this uh, while that was in progress. Oh, blew right through the stop sign. <laughs> Ooh, that would be a oh, and through part. the truck. Oh, they should have had the live feed up on the big screen. Danny Surak here at the Star. We're right now. It's quiet inside the Ford Center. However, soon it'll be filled. That's pretty good to get their FPV signal that whole entire way. There's nothing like it in all of American sport. It's Texas-sized audacious. A 91-acre campus with everything from a 12,000-seat indoor stadium where the Cowboys practice and local high schools play to a boutique shopping center and luxury hotel. It's everything you could wish for. No wonder they call it the star. Oh, and they didn't lose their signal going through there either? Hmm. Pretty interesting. So I do know that they are using a DJI setup for this. Uh, a DJI digital setup. Ooh, dark. <laughs> yeah, it's very dark. <laughs> can see why it might have taken more than one try. Very smooth flying. I'm just trying to figure out where are they standing? How thin are the walls in here? <laughs> They came in from way down the road, too. The other thing I can think of is maybe they had some kind of repeater system going on. But... Maybe. Somebody spent a lot of time getting the audio matched up. Or yep. add, adding in the Foley effects and all that. Back outside again. Building this place was a heavy lift. It's the realization of a dream. The vision of one man, Jerry Jones. 
Wow, was that all the way on the backside then of the stadium? Yeah, I think that looked like the practice field there. So <clears throat> um, let me drop this in here. So this is from Troy Nequin, um, and he runs Quad Standard Labs. So he put out a post today saying, pretty awesome shot by one of our clients that we built a drone for. So um, one of the guys that started out in the FPV community and has built a, a business with making um, high-performance uh Cinewhoops and and other types of drones uh, um, was the one that built the drone that was capable of doing that. So um, I did see a picture. Yep, there it is. Uh, they're using a DJI setup. Looks like they were seated somewhere outside, but it was uh, produced by um, Mike Well or it was run by uh, Mike Welsh and Sky Candy Studios were the ones to shoot that. So, um, <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty, yeah. So, um, it looks like he's got his goggles tapped into the battery, but, um, not sure. Yeah. Probably, but, uh, pretty spectator mode on the other ones, maybe. Yeah. So, pretty cool setup there. Um, and, uh, congratulations to Troy for being the one that, uh, facilitated that drone being built. So, um, <clears throat> so, um, this comes out of seal, um, rescuers used drone to find two hikers who were lost in the mountains. Um, the drones were connected to a mobile control tower that can relay video feeds from drones and body cameras of rescuers. Unmanned aerial vehicles or drones have been widely utilized for firefighting operations in South Korea's mountainous areas and drones can also help rescue Rescuers save shipwreck victims using their advanced aerial search functions. Um, two people were lost in the forest hills of Chungju, some 110 kilometers southeast of Seoul, um, on August 15th. The drones helped rescuers find the lost people and guided them down the hills. Um, so, pretty uh, another great example of drones being utilized for search and rescue. Um, so. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, and I forgot to drop a link to that. I'm sorry. Do that real quick. And then last but not least, uh, it's been a slow news week. Um, I will say that, but, um, I'm, we've got uh drone, uh, national drone safety awareness week coming up. Um, and that runs uh, September 13th through the 19th. Um, and it's going to be a virtual um, virtual safety campaign, uh, just like it has been the last couple of years. Um, the first year, I, this is, I think, the third year that they've done this. At least the um, third that we've been aware of. Involved, yeah. Um, so the first year we did some videos. I know Rotoriot did... Uh, a couple of uh, Instagram posts. They did some really cool pictures and stuff like that. Um, and a couple other folks did some some nice uh, videos or um, uh, campaigns. Um, this year, uh, we've been working uh, with the FAA to put together uh, something uh, called, I think we're calling it drone, drone, uh, droning after dark, what it's called. 
Am I right on is that, it Dan? Droning after dark or droning on after dark? I get that confused. Droning with our, on after dark with our yeah. meetings with them. I think it's droning on after dark, and uh, we're uh, working with the FAA to put together some panels um, uh, and uh, host some discussion, as well as doing a uh, virtual race. So we've got uh, uh, Multi GP is kind of teaming up with us and the FAA to kind of put on a Velocidrone race with some uh, good racers. And uh, it'll be a four-night panel or a four-night kind of thing. So one night will be focused on um, FPV freestyle. One night will be focused on FPV racing. Um, another night will be focused on traditional modeling. And then the fourth night will be... Um, the uh virtual race so um and then uh uh we've got some pretty good speakers lined up for this and it's going to be uh a lot of it is going to be focused on both um teaching the faa about fpv and traditional modeling as well as um being a a a good panel discussion on how people got started and what's a good way to kind of break into the hobby. So um, we've got some uh, good stuff coming. I, I feel like it's going to be uh, a little more uh, engaging than past uh, drone safety awareness weeks. And, uh, and then we're going to continue working on more content for uh that as well um going into next year so um did i miss anything dan on that one um i don't think so but let's see will we have one more of our live meetings like this before that event or two one? Um, either way there'll probably be at least just one more one. and then yeah, yeah hopefully i will talk about it give we'll have more details to give out at that time um maybe some links will will be ready for the live streams yeah. and whatnot Absolutely. And we're still nailing down uh, our speakers and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good deal. So um, I think TextJet has a great suggestion there. The FAA <clears throat> needs to invite the Canadian police to the safety drone awareness safety week. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that the Canadian police would not really take that very well, but... If they, if they did just the right meme on their Twitter account or something, it could be hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, we've got that going on. Um, Dan, do you have anything for us? It'll be a, probably a short meeting. Yeah, I don't think I have anything new, really. Um, and without Dave here or, or Alex, um, I don't have any information on like anything that's going on with those DAC tasking groups. Um, no, I, know, I don't either. I know Dave is still attending the uh, Beyond Visual Line of Sight ARC meetings. Mm -hmm. um, I have been given you know, their their weekly update and can't share anything with that. So I, yeah. all I can say is they're, they're still having their meetings and they're moving on to, I think, like the second phase. Um, but that's about all I know. Yeah, I, um, I know ASTM is kind of in a holding pattern right now on the... Um, uh, release of standards for the remote ID. Um, and we're waiting on that to push through. And I think that's about all I have in terms of updates from that. Um, 
we did know we do know that they did receive uh quite a few um comments from the uh advisory circular um we don't know from who or what the comments were uh so we're kind of waiting on some feedback from from that that's right and... i did i did send an email asking for numbers and i don't think i ever got anything back no we just said they received a, a decent amount so yeah. um you know that i mean that's good more comments are better um let's say so as nice as yours <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure not all of them were so nice but mine were no mine were mine were respectful mine were respectful but they weren't as diplomatic as Josh. Well, that's okay. We, we can <laughs> the official FPVFC response can be diplomatic, and other people can be a little more uh, direct. Well, I, I was diplomatic. Same... I just didn't want to have your words in my mouth. Sure, <laughs> that's funny. Well, I tried to strike a proper balance between you know uh, diplomatic did. and, and slightly snarky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was good. I just, I just wanted different words meant to say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes, Exchat, I agree with you. I do know that they have um, that. That is a topic of discussion amongst the FAA right now. Is the operator location data, and that uh, kind of spooled out from I think the uh, live stream that they did um, and the comments that were engaged in that. Um, I just can't see how they would make any change to that because the whole point from the remote ID is that the public can see where you are. Um, like that's the goal of having it being sent. Yeah, and I, it's I mean the, Not that the I agree ultimate with it, goal would but... be yeah, I mean, for me, the ultimate goal is the the people that need to know would know, and that would be law enforcement and the FAA. but you know, yeah, but the, the argument that, the FAA is trying to make is that, oh, if the public knows who's flying, where they're flying, where they're flying from, why they're flying, then they won't be scared of it. But Well, the problem is, and, and we've discussed this before, is that you know there's been such a fear-mongering around drones for years that you know there's a lot of education that needs to happen in order for that to be a safe thing. Mm -hmm. And it uh, needed to happen years ago, which I think XJet is is going to probably post here in a second because <laughs> uh, I know he's talked about that before. But, um, you know, the more we can do now, the better we can mitigate that, which is part of, you know, our mission with uh, working with the FAA. So and I believe we're starting to have an impact on it. We've uh, we've talked to them about several of their um social media campaigns that maybe don't cast the best light on drones or uh, drone operators. So um, at least in and, this case, we have something in common with the commercial drone operators because they don't want that information to be displayed to the public either. Absolutely. And it's kind of a unifying <laughs> kind of scenario for, for drone or, or for not just drone pilots, but for anybody who's, who's flying, right. Anybody yeah. who's flying model model aircraft. So, um, it's a it's a pretty pretty interesting uh, scenario. So we'll try and keep a, a pulse on that. Yeah, there, um, there's Bruce's rallying cry for everybody around the world and against remote ID is like, don't track us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know he was asking sort of for a slogan that we could all like rally behind, something to do with uh, you know, don't track me, go. don't. 
whatever it would be. But yeah, that would be great for commercial and recreational and everybody. Don't, Don't track, track me, bro. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So, uh, well, uh, anybody else have anything for us this evening? Any questions, comments? Um, it's really been a quiet news week. I wish I had more for you guys, but uh, um, I think uh, everybody's kind of uh, focused on a lot of other stuff that's going on in the world right now. And yeah. what are, yeah, are we? That's good, Josh. Quiet right I'm now is good, Jim. Quiet is good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Quiet well, means I nothing bad has happened, right? I have two air shows to do. I have an uh, air show at the Squim uh, Airport in the Pacific Northwest on Saturday. And then September 18th, uh, I have uh, air appreciation days uh, with some booths and some other stuff set up at, a, at another bigger airport. So uh, quiet right now is good because I got a lot on my plate. Yep, Absolutely. So actually saying Wing has really shown its plans to get into the UTM market in a recent document published last week. Yeah, that's been a known thing for a while. Um, Dave has they, definitely I talked think, about that a lot. Yeah, I think Wing is going to be doing a, a all-inclusive approach to um, drone delivery, drone tracking, drone everything. So Yeah, it seems um, like they're not going to really be the delivery people as much as like do the proof of concept of delivery but yeah they're really into yeah. the utm side of it yeah so i think they're gonna be it's gonna be kind of like software as a service kind of scenario or product as a service and um being able to to license that out to other organizations uh, similar to you know something like amazon web services or, or whatnot and uh, they're gonna make their money that way Let's see. Yeah, the Taliban are drone owners, I hear. Yes, they did take some uh, some of our drones that we left. The scary kind of drones. Yeah. Um, the Will only they be reason flying them wing... recreationally? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they can't figure out how to get them in the air. Let's start No, there. that's illegal. They, they, they haven't got FAA uh, uh, certification, have they? <laughs> what, did, have they taken the safety test? <laughs> the knowledge base course? Right. Take the safety <laughs> test first. That's funny. Let's see. The only reason wing drone delivery exists is to provide weight for the claims the UTM will be essential. essential. The latest press release makes it very clear, yes. And apparently the Taliban are yet to register with the FAA, so they can't use those drones yet. Yeah, hopefully there's some kind of lockout. They at least can't fly right? them into the U.S. <laughs> Yeah, so they'll get a. Fine. I hope they have their part one hundred and seven. There you go. Uh, yeah, they're gonna need more than a part one hundred and seven. These are uh, those are some big guys. No, uh, they don't. They don't need anything if they fly them indoors. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my goodness! You know. <laughs> oh, you it's guys been are. A long week. You guys are funny guys tonight. There you go. Yeah, it's been a long week, bro. So let's see. Are we expecting the FAA to release anything else this year or anytime soon? Uh, like um, last year at this time, we were expecting all kinds of stuff to come out in December. We haven't heard yeah, much a... yet this year. No, we haven't. I I think some of that's gonna, most of that's gonna be spooling down. However, let me refresh myself. We have a list on our website on... Yeah, it probably needs to be updated again. Yeah, well, we need to put some actual dates on it. And um, 
Let's see. Did we FA deadlines? We have a whole document on it, so we do need to update this. Um, let's see. Early implementation of certain UTM services. I haven't gone in. Let's see. Public actively tethered UAS aeronautical safety test that's done. Recognition oh, yeah. of community-based organizations. Almost, but not yet. So I suppose yeah, we'll UAS leave. privacy. Review. Thanks for joining us, Bruce. Yep, absolutely. We'll yeah, we'll be expecting more on that community-based organization stuff once they finish reading the comments on that advisory circular. Yep. Study on fire department and emergency service agency use, assessment of aircraft registrations for SUAS. That's done. Let's see, federal and local authorities. See study on financing of UAS counter UAS system review, um, carriage of property rule. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, there's a couple little things. Um, and they I might think, get these uh, all done before the next reauthorization act. Yeah, they might. You know, only to turn around and do it again. So we've got the Spectrum Radio. That's uh, FA or FCC. We just had uh, news on that, so they're working on that. So yeah, I think they're kind of slamming some of these out. So um, let's see applications for designated no-fly zones. I don't know that that's gone through yet, but that's um, the same as the uh, community-based organization. All that comes. Well, in. that's the FRIA stuff, but. This is like these the are no fly zones, yeah. Oh, no so, um, but I don't. I think they sent those out. I mean, that's going to be exclusively for like government facilities, air bases, uh, nuclear power plants. Um, yeah, that's or power out. generation. That's already out. So, um, that's not going to go into effect for any kind of private business or anything. I think it's just, thank God. Um, so, um, I did see an article. That if you are flying over Los Alamos uh, uh, nuclear testing facility, they will uh, actively, um, basically, they said they'll they'll take your drone down. Um, and well, they just uh, push a button like they do at our air station. Yeah, so, exactly. So they're actively thing. using some kind of counter UAS system. So oh, it's amazing, guys! It's amazing. So how does that? get rid of lost um, return to home feature so it has some type of override for most common drones i guess it might no, it, it depends on what system they're using i mean if it shuts um, everything off, off the machine will still remember its mechanical compass that'll take it back the direction it came from to try to return to home and then use the pictures of the location it landed at well from the from the article i i read it said that they will take it down by several different methods so if let's say they radio overrode it just radio blasted it and cut off all transmission they might be able to physically take it down another way so yeah and gps jamming is illegal per fcc so it's kind of curious i guess they have an override for that well again <laughs> government facility uh you know <laughs> special yeah, authorization it, yeah, it's so definitely interesting. Comp, you can't override in a mechanical compass. I mean, sure. No. Like having right. a Tesla they can't if they overload the system. They can't if they overload the system. 
but they again they may just physically take it down too so um they were yeah, pretty kinetic is probably but... text jet's probably right especially because yeah. it's not like it's next to a gigantic city right so yeah exactly so but that's at any rate out, outrageous that's like out in the middle of nowhere you want to talk about things that impact people talk about tfrs for like presidential and other vip movement that take out like three different states Every mm -hmm. time the president comes to Delaware, uh, manned and unmanned flights basically shut down for days at a time. Yeah, don't exactly. fly your tiny whoop in your backyard on, under the tree line. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's going to be super dangerous. Yeah, and it's like, it's a huge area. To shielded operation? Yeah, we have, uh, we have talked to... Yeah, they... Listen. Yes, they, they have, and they have... Um, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, maybe you weren't here, but they have commissioned as well as financed uh, studies uh, with universities on shielded operations. So that is in progress. I don't know uh, what the progress is. Um, we've tried to be in communication with the with some of the uh, one of the universities that is uh, doing the study, and it's been kind of hit or miss. So. Um, but at the same time, um, it's being talked about, and we've worked it in. I think Dave has managed to work it into at least three or four different um, DAC tasking groups. So uh, we're 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 trying to beat it in with a, a baseball bat to get it in there. So um, absolutely. All right. Any other questions, comments, concerns, ideas? Yeah, I'm concerned that I won't be able to fly as good tomorrow as I can today because I'm old. <laughs> and my thumb's got arthritis. Oh, well, take some leave and throw it up in the air. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to hope for, hope for like those neural links instead where you just have to think where you want it to fly. Oh, yeah, now, you you get, now you give me something to want. My wife will <laughs> definitely let me buy that. That's funny. <laughs> Still too hot to fly uh fly there. Yeah, it's starting to get cooler. We had a, a really nice week last week. Uh did it go like, below a hundred? <laughs> it was like in the eighties. Wow. So um yeah, it's uh this week it's a little warm, it's above a hundred, but uh hopefully we'll be seeing the decline here soon in that. And once winter kicks in, man, it's good flying season here. That's fun flying here in the winter, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, with that, I will give you all back uh, 14 minutes of your lives and uh, to go do something productive instead of staring at me. Um, had 80s two weeks ago, but 100% rain, so still no flying. Yeah. Yeah. Rain sucks. You can conformal coat and just, you know, do what Dan does. Dan, do you fly great. in the rain? Not much. Uh, works fine Not in the much. snow, but I don't know. The rain just gets on the lens, and it's hard to see. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Well, y'all have a great night, and uh, we'll see you in thanks. a couple weeks. Yeah, thanks for coming, everybody.